0: You're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more and more. Welcome to the 415, hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy.
1: What is going on, everyone? Welcome into the One Fibers podcast on a Monday morning, a victory Monday for the 49ers, who defeat the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday night football, 22-16. A reminder to everyone to download, rate, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Five stars are appreciated. Evan Giddings with Mark Randy, as always. Mark, how do you enjoy the game? Uh, what did you do for Sunday night football? Enjoying a, a game that the Niners used to get above
2: 500. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. Just, you know, sat back at home. I know you were down uh, in Santa Clara at Levi's uh, bringing in the game in person. I'm sure the atmosphere was was incredible, but I enjoyed the game on my couch, keeping notes and and keeping track of the game and kind of an interesting game matters fall behind early. They get behind by 10 points. In fact, so Kyle Shanahan, you can, you know, notch a, a comeback win in, in his book under his record, uh, but 22, 16, the final game, the Niners, needed to have uh, considering all the injuries that the Chargers had and considering the Niners were coming off of a bye week. So they got the job done, but it wasn't always pretty.
1: Yeah, from the time they go down 13-3 in the first half, they end up outscoring the Chargers the rest of the way. Um, I mean, pretty much dominating them in the second half. The the defense pitches a shutout in the second half for a second straight game uh, as they score the final twelve points of the game in the second half. They hold the Chargers' mark to fifty three yards in the second half, and we talked about some of the maybe deficiencies on the Chargers' side, which created an opportunity for the Niners to really take advantage, step on the throat of an opponent. We're gonna get to everything about this game, the things that we love, the things that maybe we didn't love. But first and foremost, you got a victory. You climbed within a half game of the division with Seattle losing yesterday to the Buccaneers. You're in a prime position coming out of the bye to pick up a result, even if it wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, the, the, the dominant victory that some people were expecting. It was a win. I think you needed to have. And just from listening to, to a few guys in the post game, namely Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Bosa, uh, Fred Warner, it was it, w- it was a go out and get a game. maybe, maybe not a, a game that, you know you're, you're going to just win by 20 points and roll, But for how flat the 49ers came out, it, it, it's, it's a win that I'm sure people are waking up on Monday morning and, and being like, "Who exhale?" And survive in advance because that was a a hard fought victory against, I think, a a quality Chargers team.
2: Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, maybe it wasn't the dominant win that a lot of people were expecting. Niners win by six. Vegas had the line set at seven. So it was right around there, but the game was really close until the final, you know, minute. I mean, the Chargers had the ball with a minute left, a chance to go down and win the game with the touchdown. Um, I, I do think that the final score was a little bit closer than you know how the teams played overall the big number of course for the 49ers was the red zone I mean in five red zone trips all of which became goal to go trips so it wasn't just like they got to the 19 yard line and stalled out they got inside the 10 had goal to go five different times only scored touchdowns two of those times so I mean this is a a situation for the 49ers in which uh they were able to move the ball really the entire game there was a three drive stretch in the first half where they really struggled to move the ball but aside that they got almost everything they wanted between the 20s until they got down there and then you know they struggled but you look at some of just the raw numbers take away the final score again 22-16 just the raw numbers this was 49ers domination 22 to 12 in terms of first downs Total yards, 387 to 238 in favor of the 49ers. They tripled up the Chargers on the ground, 157 rush yards to just 51 for Los Angeles. The Niners rushed the ball 41 times. We talk about 40 as kind of a gigantic target number. If they rush the ball 40 times, they will not lose. And even with those rushing numbers, the Niners still outgained the Chargers In the past, 230 yards to 187. On third downs, the Niners, 9 of 17, over 50%, and a lot of those were long third down conversions. This was Niners' domination up and down the box score everywhere you look except for the final score. Now, there's some positives to that. There's some negatives to that. The Niners, they're playing healthier teams in the future. They're going to need to convert when they get down into the red zone, but still a lot to be positive and and be happy about when you look up and down the box score, because ultimately the Niners were the better team by far, except for when it got into the red zone, that's a problem in and of itself, but still a lot of positives to take away from this game.
1: Yeah. I mean, statistically they look good. I I was kind of curious in the first half, like they went down 16 to 10, but, um, You know they they had accumulated more yards than the Chargers did. They really just came down to that that opening drive in which the Chargers marched down the field. Uh, There was kind of a broken play on a thirty-plus yard touchdown to DeAndre Carter that Talanoa Hufanga took credit for or took accountability for after the game, basically saying it's my bad. I think it's inappropriate that he's the one that essentially seals the deal, getting the interception at the end of the game as he has done. Uh, many times throughout this season, right place, right time, fourth pick of the year, uh, puts a nail in the Chargers coffin. I, I don't I don't know if it necessarily felt like 49ers domination. And maybe that is because of the red zone. And look, things could be different if Brandon Ayuk makes a catch on third yeah. and goal in the red zone. Uh, things could be different. If on that first drive Kyle Shanahan maybe opts to go for it on fourth down, um, maybe if he opts to go forward on fourth down later in the game on the two-yard line, there were some interesting coaching decisions by Kyle Shanahan that um that we can that we can go through certainly in this game, Mark. But at the end of the day, a win is a win. And this is a team that I don't I don't know if you can necessarily pencil in victories i mean look they got two wins in a row they got a big monday night game coming up next week against arizona and a neutral site game in mexico city the team's in colorado or will be heading to colorado soon to get ready for that in terms of elevation nothing is promised in the national football league as we saw throughout a lot of games yesterday at this point of the year you should have an idea of who your team is and right now the 49ers team they to me look like that that sort of defense first, ground game, expectation that once Jimmy Garoppolo took over, we felt like this team is going to have to revert back into 40 plus times you mentioned it. Cal Shanahan's now eight and0 when they rushed the ball 40 times, two and zero this season. even though yes, it wasn't pretty. This is a situation. this is a scenario, an equation that works. For the 49ers, even if it keeps you on the edge of your seat till the end of the game, sitting in the press box, a lot of the the media members are saying, man, this kind of feels like a boring game. Yeah, it feels like 49ers football like that's That's what they do. They pitch shutouts in second halves and they don't really seem to make adjustments on either side of the ball. It's a process based team that wants to run the rock in the first half. Maybe they didn't do as effectively as as we would have hoped, but they wore down the Chargers. They just leaned on them the entire game to the point where you could tell in the second half, Los Angeles was gassed. And guys in the postgame were talking about that on both sides, Chargers and 49ers, how it was a very physical felt ball game and one that I think is, is kind of a, a playoff preview in a sense it was against a battered Chargers team, but that's the way the 49ers need to play if they're going to have to try and, you know, pick up wins, which they did, and right now, Mark, they're above 500 at the earliest point in a season since 2019. That's definitely sure. nothing to scoff at. Last year at this point, they were trying to figure out who they are. I feel like we know who the 49ers are at this point after week 10.
2: Yeah, and they've also won consecutive games for the first time this year. 5 and 4, above 500 and uh, consecutive wins under their belts. Uh, second halves is is something I think to keep an eye on for the rest of the year Evan because those were struggle points for the 49ers early second halves. They were getting beaten in second halves. They would come out have a fantastic first quarter, you know, kind of an even second quarter and then things would, you know, start to fall apart in second halves. Uh but it's the the script has completely flipped and it's because Obviously, I mean, the run game was good in the second half. You look at at just last night against the Chargers, the Niners ran 41 total plays on offense in the second half. Uh, The 49ers ran 41 in the second half. The Chargers in the game only had 56. So it was ball control for the 49ers in the second half. Of those 41 plays, 25 were runs. And they were consistently getting six, seven, eight yards per play on first down runs, setting up second and short leading the third and very short or not even getting the third downs, keeping those drives moving. So the 49ers, their uh, run game was a big reason why they were able to just dominate possession and and play ball control in that second half. But you look at what their defense has done in second halves, the last two games, two weeks ago, their last game before this one against the Rams before the bye, they allowed 58 yards in the second half, about 2.3 yards per play, zero points allowed. And then this week against the Chargers, 52 yards allowed in the second half, 2.7 yards per play. And again, zero points back to back games in which the defense has pitched a shutout in the second half against the teams like the Rams and Chargers who have stars on offense. Certainly the Chargers very banged up the Rams in their own right, offensive line issues and, 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 you know, whatever you want to say there certainly, Injured teams, but incredible defensive performances for the 49ers in second halves. If the Niners get those kinds of defensive performances combined with, you know, their run game picking up six or seven yards, almost every single carry, it seems like. And as you mentioned, wearing teams down, they're going to win a lot of games. And, And there might be, you know, some close games that come down to the final few minutes, but the Niners are going to have a gigantic advantage because of the style in which that they're able to play in second halves.
1: No, they, they were fantastic. And look, and that's kind of, even though I, I think there were some interesting things on offense to take a look at, that's probably where most of the the nuanced conversation is going to happen. Uh, all credit to the defense. The only thing that that maybe was a negative in that game, and, and I'm curious what you thought about the Dre Greenlaw uh, ejection, where he, in the first half, kind of... Um, on a, on a sliding play by Justin Herbert or a diving play, I should say, because he essentially was a runner at that point. Um, Basically put his, his shoulder into, into Herbert's helmet. The mask went sideways. Uh, He ended up getting flagged for, you know, what, what most college football people would consider a targeting. Um, It gets ejected from the game, unnecessary roughness. That was really the only low point for the defense, the entire game, especially in the second half. They held Justin Herbert to 35 passing yards in the second half. That is the lowest total in his career. I understand he's throwing to Joshua Palmer, who at the beginning of the season would have been his third or fourth option. But you still have Austin Eckler back there, who he can continually check it out of the backfield to. You still have a a couple of options to throw that beat you in the first half. It was interesting for me to hear that, Nick Bosa and Fred Warner were on the same page that the game plan did not change from the first half to the second half. They made very few adjustments. They dialed up a couple of blitzes, but if you're just even watching it, the eye test will tell you the defense did exactly the same thing that it did in the first half as the second. The difference was they executed in the second half. The Chargers could not run the football the entire game. They had to beat you through the air. And once the Niners drew even, even though they didn't, cash in on that first drive in the second half, they go behind 16-13. You could just feel the momentum tilting in the 49ers' favor, and you could feel the Chargers teetering on the bridge of, we don't know how we're going to solve this problem on the other side, which is a D'Amico Ryan's defense that was swarming, that was flying to the football. And every time there was a Chargers player that they tried to get in space, it was immediately closed. The gap was, was was one or two yards between a Hofanga, a Warner, a Greenlaw up until he got ejected. Guys, even on the defensive line, that playing without Armstead, playing without Kinlaw, were plugging holes left and right and did not allow the Chargers an ounce of an inch of breathing room in the second half. That's to me why this game, even though it may have felt um, like you were holding your breath a little bit, because technically the Chargers had the ball down in their two yard line with under a minute left and a chance to go and, and win the game. At no point in the second half that I feel like even though the Chargers had a chance to take the lead that they ever were because of how good the 49ers defense was.
2: Yeah, and to your point about Austin Eckler, and certainly this becomes easier when you don't have star receivers to worry about, this game looks entirely different if Keenan Allen and or Mike Williams play. I mean, honestly, it would open up everything for Austin Eckler so much more. But to your point, Niners able to focus a bit more on Austin Eckler, he still had a really effective first half. I mean, only 10 rushing yards in the first half on four carries but six uh, catches out of the backfield for 37 yards. I mean, those are decent numbers for a running back. You look at the second half numbers, though, two rushes for 14 yards. He had one that went for 12, the big number there, and only one catch for two yards. The Niners essentially took him out of the offense in the second half. They were sending, you know, Fred Warner, who had a phenomenal game, double coverage everywhere, Austin Eckler went even on just simple routes out to the flat. They had him covered. There were multiple times where Herbert threw to him. I mean, he was targeted five or six times in the second half, it felt like. But four of them, five of them fell incomplete because there was a linebacker bearing down on him, ready to, you know, knock the ball away or he could feel the pressure. Herbert was rolling out to the right. Bosa was was on his heels and forced a a wayward pass that fell incomplete for Eckler. The Niners defense did what they needed to do against the star running back, Austin Eckler, in the second half. Again, three total touches, two carries for 14 yards, one catch for two yards against a guy who has just been dominant in terms of scoring touchdowns against anyone and everyone over the last month. Uh, The Niners defense against Austin Eckler, phenomenal. We haven't seen anyone defend him as good as the Niners have this year.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.